that time. The sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. It's Halloween week here on 1450. The Sports Buzz. Huge sports weekend coming up. The World Series starts this week. NBA season starts this week. So I guess you don't really have to necessarily wait for the weekend. Uh, although you do have Kentucky, Louisville back to football action. And the Breeders' Cup, one of the most exciting races in all the world, taking place in Lexington, Kentucky at Keeneland. So we've got plenty to talk about this week. Plenty to preview uh, today. At least for early on in the show, Trevor, we're going to have to recap, and it's not going to be a fun recap, as I could, uh, as you could imagine. We'd like for you to get involved in the show. You can tweet in at T Walker Rivals. You can call in 502-384-1450, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. Let me know what's going on uh, with you, what you thought of the games this weekend, whether you're Kentucky or Louisville fan. You should probably be disappointed. At least Louisville fans have the pleasure of getting a W. Uh, Kentucky not didn't quite have that luxury. Sad, uh, also, sadly, some... the Louisville game was almost – I don't know which game was actually more appealing to watch, though. I mean, if you're a Louisville fan – I mean, if you're a Kentucky fan, you didn't want to watch your game get blown out. But if you're a Louisville fan, you almost didn't want to watch your team win the way they did. And that's Trevor Kelsey's voice that you heard there. Trevor, you're spot on with both those. Uh, watching – the Louisville game, and I, I didn't go to it. I, I generally try to go to Louisville games if I am in town and UK is not playing at the exact same time and I don't have anything else going on, but I was not going to go sit out there in the rain. A lot of Louisville fans agreed with that sentiment because they announced a crowd of, I think, 40,000, 41,000, smallest of the season. I'd be surprised if there was actually that many fans there. The ones that did go got to see a very, very boring football game. So, uh, but at least they won, and Kentucky fans couldn't say the same there. Uh, just a complete bust in Starkville in a game that really didn't feel like Kentucky should have been. It, it shouldn't have been out of reach. It shouldn't have been out of hand. It shouldn't have been a 42-16 to beatdown, but it was. And you got to sense that the tide started to turn very early on, I guess very late in the second quarter, right before halftime. Kentucky had their chances. Hell, they scored first. Then regained the lead on a field goal. Got a big fourth down stop. It seemed like it was a game, Trevor, that Kentucky... Why are you describing the game like William Shatner, by the way? Because, you know, (laughs) it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating because Kentucky had their chances. They had their chances. It didn't have to be a blowout. And, you know, then sure enough, as you have it, there's some coaching mistakes. There's some player mistakes. And then even when the game was 13 to 28 for uh, you know a decent chunk of that uh, of the what was it third quarter, Kentucky still has the ball and is driving, comes away with a field goal. Even that 16 to 28. Okay, Kentucky gets a stop. Patrick Tolles had looked successful for the good chunk of the first half. If he can get that rhythm going again when you're down 16 to 28, well, you're right back in it. And then, sure enough, Mississippi State goes on a seven-play, 75-yard drive in a very, very short amount of time to officially put that game out of reach, 16 to 35. And at that point, you knew it was over. Down 19, Kentucky gets the ball back. Mississippi State having all the momentum in the world, Trevor. 
and Kentucky decides to punt on a fourth and three. Was it your key to the game on Friday contained Dak Prescott? That was not my key to the game. I thought that was what you told me the key to the game was. My key to the game. Because if it was, you lost your keys. Well, they my key to the game was win the turnover margin by two. Oh, okay. And I don't know the how many turnovers there. I, you know, I know. Hey, Dak Prescott threw his first interception, but I think that was their only turnover, unless I'm missing something. That is their only turnover, but Kentucky turned the ball over three times. So. Yep, they did a pair interceptions for Patrick Tolles. You got to see a little bit of Drew Barker, and very early on in his performance, he throws a uh, an interception that led to Mississippi State points. So it makes you feel better. Teddy Bridgewater through his first pass uh, as a, as a collegiate athlete was an interception. Was that who was that against? So it was Lamar Jackson's. Uh, wow, interesting. <laughs> so it, may, it makes you feel any better. I doubt it will, but it, you know, it give you a little bit of help. So it was a, a frustrating game. I was pretty tough on Kentucky's effort, play, and coaching. Pretty much everything on Twitter. Uh, most people agreed with me. I did have some of those what I like to call butt slappers, Trevor, that did that disagreed with me. And uh, it's always, you know, it's a good day when somebody calls for your job or you know that you're pushing some buttons when somebody calls for your job. I wasn't trying to push any buttons. And I was incredibly, Trevor, incredibly harsh on Matt Elam on Saturday just because this was a, a, a great, the stage was there. It was a great opportunity for him. And I, I thought he was nowhere to be found. Now, Mark Stoops was asked about him today. He thought he, he said that he thought he did some good things. He's changing his role. I don't really necessarily know what he means by that. But here you have this huge, huge, widely recruited uh, defensive player that you need to step up. I, I get he's only a sophomore. But then again, he's still a sophomore, Trevor. It's not like this is his first freshman game. And we've talked about what kind of role he can have, what he will be good at, what he won't be good at. We know he's not going to be incredibly versatile on the, on the front line. It's just physically impossible to be that big and to do that, but he could be disruptive. He could get a push. He could clog the middle. And I didn't get a sense of him doing any of those things against Mississippi state. Now, again, Mark Stoops said he saw some good things. I don't know if I did. He, he did have one good play and I, I don't remember the exact play. I think it was somewhere in the second quarter where, uh, he did break through and maybe got a hand on a ball. I don't remember exactly what he did. But the majority of the game, especially when Mississippi State was having those long drives that were just killing Kentucky, and you could tell the defense was getting gas. nobody was getting more gas than Matt Elam. And he got to a point where he almost looked like he was laboring to get down to his stance, Trevor. And as soon as he got up, he was a non-factor. As soon as he got out of his stance, he wasn't getting a push. And what we talked about last week where, okay, he wasn't getting pushed, but he also wasn't getting pushed, basically just filling space. He was getting pushed this time. He was getting pushed against Mississippi State. They were moving him where they wanted him to go. He wasn't getting pancaked, but they were moving him where he wanted to go. And that's unacceptable for, for a guy of his, one of his size and two of his talent, or at least what we thought of his talent. Now, Kentucky doesn't have a lot of options. Melvin Lewis getting injured was a huge loss for Kentucky's defensive line. But that's going to be an area of concern all season, Trevor. Yeah, it's a, a, I, I want to say Elam has been one of the more disappointing players in this on this Kentucky team this season. But Tolls just maybe it's because Tolls and my expectations were Tolls were more than they were for Elam. 
that Tolls takes that award for me as one of the more disappointing. Now, Tolls has Tolls been disappointing all season, all season long, no. But the consistency of success hasn't matched what I thought he would have going into this year, and it outweighs the fact. Because with Elam, I, I mean, we both, I kind of, when we were doing our previews of the season, both kind of looked at Elam and thought, you know, we want to see progress. And you described, what, one play in which you made probably one play? I mean, one, one freaking play? I mean, that's no. I don't, I don't want to see one play. I want to see, you know, I don't expect him to come out there and be, you know, William Perry from, a la Clemson days right away. But I want to see at least, I mean, at least be Michael Dean Perry. He ain't even that yet. I mean, and that's at this point, it's getting to the where it's like, okay, I mean, if you weren't your size, you'd be probably working at a Taco Bell right now. And I... That's that's a little harsh. Or maybe hanging it's, out, it, it, or maybe hanging it, out in the, in the in the lobby of a Taco Bell. I don't know. And I was again, I was a little harsh on Matt Elam. I was, and I don't like to necessarily do that to collegiate athletes because, as far as I know, Matt Elam was trying his best. And now, now TJ, I, they want to be they want to be treated like professionals. You can't have your cake it, and eat it too. You know, here's another thing though: is Matt Elam. People requested him. A lot of people requested him to do interviews this past week, and he declined, time after time. <laughs> so I that song stuck in my head. <laughs> and I got a funny tweet from somebody who wasn't happy with my criticism, Matt Elam. And he said, you know, who are you? You're just some little reporter. I, I bet you wouldn't say this to his face. He'd have and to I stand said, on a table to do that. And I said, well, I won't have an option to if he keeps declining interviews. So I don't I, I didn't I, I never like when guys decline interviews because I'm a media member. And uh, that's uh, part of the reason why I got so worked up at Rick Pitino skipping ACC media days. But if you're going to decline interviews, first off, why? What's the what's the point? So you can concentrate on your opponent? Well, you, you didn't concentrate on your opponent because you got pushed around. Because you want to, you don't want the attention taken off Melvin Lewis? It, stop. That's not being a hero. That's not being a hero. I, so whatever reason it was, then he comes out and lays an egg in the game. So I realized I was tough on him. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a complete bust. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. But I think it probably is fair to say that this season you can't expect all that much from him, or you shouldn't, or else I think you're going to get your hopes up. Now, when you get six months to prepare, really eight months to prepare, so when the season ends in December or January, Trevor, and you get until August before people get to see you in game action again, with the exception of maybe the spring game, Okay, that's going to be plenty of time for him to get his body right, to get stronger, to get faster. So I'm not saying, you know, completely throw away Matt Elam as a UK football player, but my expectations for what he's going to be able to do the remainder of this season are low. And that's disappointing for somebody that had such high hopes, not necessarily heading into the season, like you mentioned, but just as a recruit where you said, okay, when's he going to start making an impact? When's he going to start making a difference for UK? And I'm almost at the point where you could say, well, it's not going to be a sophomore season. We've got some text into the show from Captain Arctic. Always great to hear from Captain Arctic. He says, he always feared Matt Elon would be a bust. Guy has to be able to play more snaps, might never be in shape. Fair concerns. Saban could have hidden him at Alabama, and his draft position would have been better. I think that he may have missed the boat on heading to Alabama. I don't know. I mean, it's not like everybody at Alabama gets drafted. I mean, Terrence, it's, he's kind of a white version of Terrence Cody, and he didn't get drafted, did he? I don't know if Cody ended up did, 
he he, played, those, he got in the NFL, but I don't remember if he got drafted or not. He had those big. He had that block kick against Tennessee back in two thousand eight or two thousand nine, didn't he? I just know he's he weighs like six hundred pounds. And he's <laughs> he's a big dude. Uh, he well, no, I take that back. I sound I I completely am uh, incorrect. He was a second round pick. I thought he was drafted because I thought was, he went he, like he, late he had, in the draft though. He had huge huge uh, buzz around him, and I think that was partially be, was because of those blocked field goals against Tennessee when that game uh, the, Tennessee hasn't beaten Alabama in a while, but they had a chance. I think the final score was like twelve to ten or something, and as a Lane Kiffin coach, Tennessee team, and Cody blocked those field goals. Uh, Captain already says, now two years have gone with no impact. That's crazy. And, that, and, and from Captain Art's point about Alabama could have hit him, it would have been understood that, okay, he's not going to play until he's a junior, Trevor. How do you maybe hide even a, guy a red that shirt. big, by the way? What's that? How do you hide a guy like that? How do you hide Well, I, I, you know, I don't think he means literally or else that would be pretty tough. But I actually, you know, I get to understand what Captain Artic's saying is if he went to Alabama, he would have been redshirted. So that would have been a year to get his body in better shape. He wouldn't have played his redshirt freshman year. Maybe he would have played as a redshirt sophomore, but you remember that would be his third year in college. His body would be in probably much better condition than it is right now. And if he did play then, it would be in situationals like uh, uh, fourth and one again on on defense, maybe in field goal block teams. Very situational plays where his size can be a factor in, in a short period of time. Yes, and that's and that's right. And the buzz around him could be building because you could have guys saying, "All right, well, you've got a five star or three star if you went by rivals, which is looking more accurate. You've got a five star, three star on Alabama that has just been biding his time. Now he's finally going to get a play. You know, come his redshirt junior or redshirt senior year, maybe he does make a bigger impact there because uh, he he does have better chance. But again, it's tough to it's tough to play the hypotheticals. Maybe Alabama would have been a, the better choice, but I don't think anybody's going listening to my show. That's a Kentucky fan would, would want to hear us say that, right? You've got Damian Harris at Alabama right now. Who's playing as a true freshman, Trevor, who picked Alabama over Kentucky. Kentucky's doing okay from the running back position, uh, but it always is interesting to kind of see how those decisions pan out and who ends up making the better decision. Doesn't maybe look like the best decision for Matt Elam, but again, like I said, just a sophomore, he's got more time at Kentucky He'll figure things out, hopefully. Uh, but I think your expectations for him for the remainder of his sophomore season, you should probably lower them a little bit. Temper those expectations, I think, would be a fair thing to say. You had mentioned Patrick Tolles. We're obviously going to have to talk about him. We've got, we're going to have to talk about Drew Barker as well. Uh, he, we, we saw both those guys. Patrick Tolles comes out and starts the game as good, if not better, than we've ever seen him start a game. What was it? Eight eight consecutive completions, Trevor. Uh, I actually got to the game a little late from the beginning, so I, I'm a, I'm not real sure. It, I was, think it was it was eight or nine. It, something it along was those it lines. was it was I missed the first quarter of the game because I was out in the I was I was out and about, but I, I was I think it was about a few minutes in the second quarter. and I finally got to turn it on. So he you know he started out firing. In my uh, defense, I, for some reason, I thought the game started at seven thirty. <laughs> it it did start at seven thirty. Although no, you're right. I was seeing a Western game too. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kentucky comes out and uh, they're, you know, they're able to pick up a first down and then they eventually end up having a punt after having a second and two and, and losing three yards. That, that that first drive should have kind of, it was foreshadowing, I think, the entire game for Kentucky because they, they start with a first down and then it, they're moving the ball again and then they end up losing three yards and having a punt. But uh, then after that, Patrick Tolles comes out and is firing leads Kentucky to a touchdown. The next drive, 
You know, he goes around 50 yards, get him to field goal range. He looks like he's in control. They run him a few times, but then just something changed. And I had mentioned all last week that every time Mississippi State had played a decent quarterback, Trevor, that quarterback had thrown all over the Mississippi State defense. Now you have a Mississippi State secondary that lost their best cornerback, defensive back, and Patrick Toll still finishes with just over 200 yards passing, two interceptions, no touchdown passes, and an incredibly underwhelming game uh, for the junior quarterback. They brought in Drew Barker, and they brought in Drew Barker with the game still, I guess, technically winnable. Very unlikely, but technically. Uh, I didn't think quarterback play was necessarily the issue. So while we're going to talk a lot about Patrick Tolles, while we're going to talk a lot about Drew Barker, I don't think that's the reason they lost the game, Trevor. Then what was the reason? Well, the reason they lost the game was their approach on Dak Prescott and the defense overall. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say because they didn't score as many points as the other team. You know, you give up 21 points in the second quarter, 42 overall, no pressure on a Heisman candidate quarterback, allow him to do whatever he wants to do. You, you know, we you act like you'd never seen Dak Prescott before. He runs all over Kentucky and just has has his way. I Again, you had from Thursday night's loss to Auburn to the following Saturday to the next Saturday to prepare for Dak Prescott, who's a very hard quarterback to prepare for, the best quarterback in the SEC, having debatably a better year than he did last year when he was the Heisman frontrunner for quite some time. You have that much time to prepare for him, Trevor, and you make it look like you're coming off one day's rest and you'd never heard of this guy before. Absolutely picked apart UK secondary, which is understandable because it's a young UK secondary and he's a great quarterback and they've got great receivers. But it begs the question, why didn't you go after him? Why didn't you send more people at him? Why would you ever let him get comfortable? And if and then when the secondary actually does their job and comes up big, and I don't think that you know I don't think the secondary had a horrible game because they were put in such a tough position. Chris Westry with a great interception. He's going to be a hell of a player for Kentucky. But when the secondary did their job, there was no help. There was no quarterback spy. And Dak Prescott was able to run wherever he wanted to run. And part of that does start with Matt Elam and no push on the defensive line. Not having Melvin Lewis hurts. But you see the issue there, Trevor? You just They didn't do anything. They let Dak Prescott do whatever he wanted. So I... <laughs> You know, you look at that score, you wonder, based on UK's approach, how did Mississippi State score? How did they not score more points? I look at this, I look at this game and wonder why the hell I didn't start Dak Prescott in my daily fantasy league. Man, again, you just have a lot of time. It, it, it does. It's okay to, to question UK's coaching staff. It's okay to question if DJ Elliott's the right guy for the job. That doesn't mean you're a bad fan. It doesn't mean you're not on board. Because that was a bad performance. And here's the good news. Here's the silver lining here, Trevor. It's over. Is the ex- the, well, one, it's over, and you don't have to play Mississippi State again until next year. And guess what? Dak Prescott won't be there when they play him again. He, you don't have to face Dak Prescott again. That's big news for Kentucky. That's good because I don't think – maybe I was hoping in year three they figured out how to stop him. No, you, you probably could have played Dak Prescott multiple times and never had a way to stop him. Man, he, man. Uh, that was a dominating performance from a really, really good quarterback that I think will be an okay NFL quarterback. I know you disagree with that. A backup, but, maybe. 
the silver lining, if you're a Kentucky fan, for me, is the expectations are now higher. Back two years ago, when, in Mark Stoops' first year, back during the Joker Phillips days, when you'd go on the road to face Mississippi State, I know Mississippi State wasn't ranked heading into that game. Uh, they are now. It's stupid they weren't ranked. Makes no sense to me. But you head into what should have been a ranked team's house on the road. Okay, you lose 42-16. to 16. Eh, So what? You're 4-3, and three, big deal. You'll bounce back against inferior opponents. I don't think UK fans were expecting a win there, Trevor, but I think UK fans were expecting a much better game, a much more competitive game. And you saw that for the first half, for the majority of the first half. Then the wheels fell off. UK fans are sick of the wheels falling off. The well, talent's getting there. Well, first the of ta- all, you should not go into a game. I don't. No disrespect to Mississippi State, but UK, if you are if you are a UK fan, you should go in a game expecting you have a chance to win, not just be competitive. You need to think you have a chance to win. Well, that's. A, I think it's one of the. I I, I meant that as one and the same. Okay. If you are competitive with a team, you've got a chance to win. I mean, if you, you can, you should. Look, that, you know, you should look at that game and go, "We can win this game. This is not an unwinnable game." I, exactly. I agree with that. And that's how UK fans looked at it. They thought, okay, Mississippi State's probably the better team. It's going to be a tough game to win, but it is winnable. It's not go down there and try to keep it close, knowing that you're going to lose. It was go down there, make it competitive, get to the fourth quarter, and hell, maybe sneak out a win. Because we've got a good enough team to be able to do that, and, and it didn't work out that way for UK fans. It didn't work out that way for Kentucky. They kept it competitive for a quarter and a half. There were some coaching mistakes, Mark Stoops timeout on the field goal, which you might say, well, he had to call that timeout because the play clock was running low. But why was the play clock running low on a a third down, knowing that you've got a 48-yard field goal looming? Why wasn't the kicking team out there faster? Why would it have ever been an issue? Where were, you know, what, what was going on there? So there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions with the coaching staff. The good news is, again, the expectations are higher, and you got to credit Mark Stoops for being able to do that when you do question some coaching decisions. We've got more texts. We've got more tweets. I, I'm going to get to them, I promise. We're going to head to a commercial break. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Bus. talking to me all wrong. It's, it's the wrong tone. You do it again. I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. Is that right? Let me ask you something. Eh? Does your mother sew? Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. I'm a little too tall, could have used a few pounds. Tied We're back here, 1450, the Sports now. Buzz. Halloween week, World Series. Won't be a fun World Series for Trevor as the Blue Jays get bounced last week in pretty heartbreaking fashion. Trevor's off the board for now. I I do need to remind myself to ask him what he found out about the news that bacon and hot dogs 
and sausage can cause cancer. They say just as dangerous as cigarettes. And Trevor eats a lot of bacon, hot dogs, and smokes a lot of cigarettes. So need to need to get healthy, Trevor. All right, some texts and, and tweets I need to get to that I missed. First, let's start with Captain Arctic, who tweeted into the show. I said the biggest reason that Mississippi State and Dak Prescott was were able to do whatever they wanted, uh, no pass rush whatsoever. Yeah, we touched on it. I agree 100%. It starts up front, but when especially when you realize, okay, Matt Elam's not going to be able to get that push. He's not going to be able to be a monster up front. That's when you got to start sending guys, and, just, and DJ Elliott never did it. What's the worst case scenario? You have Dak Prescott throw it up. You get beat on some 10-yard hitch routes. All right, but you're getting beat regardless, so who cares? Go after them. Attack. You've got a quarterback in Dobbs who's also mobile, and when he gets comfortable, he can make big throws. Go after him, too. We don't have enough talent on the defensive line to let them get pressure by themselves, so let's send some people. Every Kentucky fan should be saying that. Speaking of Kentucky fans, a text into the show from Clay B116 who says that he agrees with me. Uh, He said he wholeheartedly agrees with my take on fans. Can't stand when fans get mad at other fans for critiquing or being critical of their team, saying they're not real fans because they take their critique as bashing the team, acting like they must say nothing but positives. I agree 100%, and this is one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves in college sports. And I know it happens in the NFL, but we don't in, in professional sports. But we don't have any professional sports teams here in Kentucky. I, it happens with Louisville, happens with Kentucky, and it's annoying. You can be upset about your team's performance. Hell, if you're a Louisville fan, you can be upset of your team's performance. You played a Boston College team that you could give them 12 quarters, and they wouldn't have scored an offensive touchdown. But Louisville just kept turning the ball over, kept making it easy for them. Kept putting them in the game. I, I, really, a, a smart thing to do would have been to do the water boy strategy if you were U of L. Take a knee three times, and then punt the ball away. Because they weren't going to score. Boston College wasn't going to score on Louisville's defense. The one time they did, that possession started at what the five yard line, the four yard line, and they still labored to get that one in. So, I, it's okay. To be critical, if you're a fan, it doesn't make you a bad fan. And I would say that 80% of fans for most college teams understand that. I think 80% of UK fans are okay with other UK fans getting upset about uh, the team's performance. But it's that 20% that's incredibly obnoxious and needs to have a reality check. You're a fan of a team, and being a fan, you generally want what's best for the team. And sometimes we don't live in a rainbow society where everything is perfect. Mark Stoops had a bad coaching night. DJ Elliott had a bad coaching night. Shannon Dawson probably didn't do his best job. When you're down 19, why in the world would you ever punt it on fourth down when you're down 19 late in that game? What's the worst thing that happens? You get down by 26? Well, guess what? That happened. So uh, even even after UK punted. So it is frustrating. Captain Arctic tweets back in and talking about the outlook for Kentucky season. We're, we're going to talk about that. He says, beat Charlotte, beat Vanderbilt, and beat Louisville. And that's a very nice step at 7-5. and five. 
Vandy and Louisville will be tough games, but winnable. Yeah, Vandy got a big win this past week, beating Missouri at home in a game that the score seemed pretty predictable. They got a win 10-3 to for their third win of the year. Now beating Austin P and Middle Tennessee State. And now Missouri. They've got a tough game at Houston. That would be one that would be one to watch because Fandy's defense is good. Boston College's defense is good. It doesn't mean either of those teams are good teams, because they're not. So that Kentucky game, I don't think is as cut and dry. Everybody's been chalking Vandy up for a win. It won't be. It won't automatically be a win. I think Kentucky should win. I think Kentucky should go down there get their athletes the ball in space, and should be okay because Vanderbilt's offense is really bad. But that is not a guaranteed win by any means. Charlotte will be a win for UK. I know I said the same thing for Eastern Kentucky. It will be a win. And then the Louisville game, and, and you know, this might sound stupid after Kentucky just gets beat 42-16. to 16. After watching that game against Boston College, and I know Boston College has a better defense than Kentucky. It's not even close. Number 52 on Boston College was as impressive of a defensive player that I've watched on TV this year. But I do think Kentucky is better than Louisville. I, I, I genuinely do think that. I think Louisville's defense is a little overrated. And I think Louisville's offense has some major issues they need to figure out. We can talk more about Louisville uh, later on in the show. We've got intern Jack working the board right now. Jack, who would you take in a UK UL matchup right now? I, uh, I mean, I, I'm a Louisville fan, so I'm a little bit biased, but really, Kentucky hasn't done all that much to impress me. They have the big win over Missouri, and they've really hung with Florida. But I mean, you're looking at a team that early in the year blew a big lead against Louisiana Lafayette and struggled to beat Eastern Kentucky. I think they need to prove a little bit more to me first, whereas Louisville. I was at that Louisville game Saturday. Louisville just looked awful offensively. Like they, they don't know what the heck they can do to even get a running back to get even past the line of scrimmage on a play. It's just I, I, I don't know what they they uh, can do really to get that going. Their offensive line's horrible. I think it'll be a good game at the end of the year. It will be a good game, and and good to good to hear from you, Jack. Uh, is 1450 only hiring Louisville fans to work the boards? What's I, I need to need to see what's going on over there. Uh, Louisville's offensive line isn't very good. Kentucky's offensive line hasn't looked great either this year. I, I don't necessarily disagree. Kentucky does have to prove more. You can't hang your hat on a close loss to Florida, a close loss to to Auburn, and then you know boasting your chest about beating a Missouri team that just lost to Vanderbilt and beating a South Carolina team on the road that the wheels have completely fallen off on. So I, you do need to see more from Kentucky. The good teams that they've played this year, they have not beaten. So I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Now, on the flip side, I don't think Louisville has done anything all that impressive. Uh, they've lost to every good team they've played as well. With a blowout loss to Florida State, who just lost in uh, what an unbelievable game. Now back-to-back college football weekends where a team, a playoff contender, has had their playoff dream shattered. Florida State losing on that blocked kick to Georgia Tech. Michigan the week before losing on a blocked punt to rival Michigan State. College football is pretty awesome. It's a lot more fun, though, when you're talking about your team and the team you cover having a win. 
Uh, not the case this weekend again. Plenty of chances, though, for, for Kentucky to bounce back. The good news for Louisville, the schedule gets very easy the next few weeks. Uh, Wake Forest is a terrible, terrible football team that allowed NC State's offense, which I think if you're a Louisville fan or somebody that follows Louisville, covers them. And I, I kind of cover them, I guess you could say. You know how bad NC State's offense was. They go down to Wake Forest and score 35 points. So Louisville shouldn't have any issues with Wake Forest. Syracuse, not a very good team. They'll come to Papa John's. That should be a win. Virginia, not a very good team. That should be a win. Then Louisville has to finish the year with two road games at Pittsburgh, at Kentucky. That's going to be awfully tough for the cards. As for Kentucky, you bounce back with Tennessee, a a Tennessee team that probably should have beaten Alabama. That was a hell of a football game as well. Should have probably beaten Alabama. Now you have to wonder mentally where they're at. A loss like that can can lead to another loss. We've seen that time and time again. Or they can rally and realize they were close and take out all their frustration by pummeling Kentucky. It's a talented, athletic Tennessee team. That'll be a tough game for UK on Halloween. Then you travel to Georgia. That was announced today. That will be a noon game. Which, if you're a Kentucky fan, and you see that you're going to have to play in Athens at noon, that's that's ideal. You'd rather play them at noon than get a 7.30 night game where the crowd can get a little liquored up, get a little loud and proud. So they'll get Georgia at noon. I'm not, I think Kentucky can be competitive against Georgia. I did think that against Mississippi State too, so maybe I'll be proven horribly wrong again. I think they can be competitive against Georgia. I almost, this is kind of a hot take, but I, I almost think they've got a better chance of being competitive against Georgia than beating Tennessee. Tennessee's a good team. It's going to be a tough game for you guys. Then they finish the and then they finish the year at Vanderbilt. That will be a must win. Charlotte and then Louisville, so they can get, they can make things right at the end of the year. But the schedule gets really they're in the midst of a very tough stretch of their schedule right now. That Tennessee game is going to be tough. It's going to be awfully tough. We're going to head to a commercial break. I've got a few more texts and tweets I need to read to, so we'll get to those. Stick around here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. The Sports Talker. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Presented by Allen Electric. I walk along the avenue. I never thought I'd meet a girl like you. Meet a girl like you. All right, Trevor, I can play that music. That's getting me pumped up for this final segment. Does that not make you think of Grand Theft Auto a little bit, though? It does. It does. Vice City? Yes. It's yeah. very well. Is that, is that the best Grand Theft Auto? Uh, yeah. That, and then it kind of jumped shark after that. I mean, it's... They, they started making it a little too detailed, like where you had to eat food and stuff. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to play a video game. I want to be able to go, you know, do what I want to do, do the missions. Now, the most recent one was pretty cool where you bounced between the three characters, one which name was Trevor, and you, 
even had nudity if you went to a strip club in it. Well, that so did Vice City. Vice City didn't have nudity. You could pick up, you could pick sure. up Katina Powell and get in a car, and it would rock. But you could go to a U of L recruiting <laughs> visit. Yeah, you could make a recruiting visit, but you could. I mean, it didn't actually show well, nudity. Like you could. But then what was the one? Then the one after that, because I haven't played Grand Theft Auto in a long. San Andreas, I think, was my last one. Well, what was there, it? I don't even remember the name of the last one that had the three characters in it. Now I'm drawing a blank on it. it. Was Vice City was a few after Vice City was San Andreas. Now that was the one where you rode around in the bike, like you were in the theme from the movie Friday. And well, you you could go to a strip club. I think you could go to a strip club in Vice City. I'm actually pretty sure. I'm I. I, I know there wasn't nudity though. There's no way. Not that I'm pretty like sure. that perverted. And there might have been like tassels or something. <laughs> Who wants tassels? I get tassels well, on cable. A, well, it's a video game, Trevor, you weirdo, so who cares? <laughs> I, I want I, even in the video game world, if I'm going if I'm going to the strip club, I want I don't want tassels. I think you I guarantee know, I don't get tassels at PTs. I think you, we know we've derailed when we're talking about strip club nudity and video games. Uh but you did mention something that wants to bring me back to, to another thing. You mentioned the uh in in depth uh, of the game and where you can go get food. You think the characters in Vice City would, would try a burger from a fast food place? Uh, I think you could get a burger from fast food places. I would always have my character not get them, though. How do you go through your whole life without having a fast food? I mean, seriously. I mean, when you you didn't go to – your mom never took you to McDonald's? You never got a burger from McDonald's? My mom would take me to McDonald's all the time. Okay, and you never had all a McDonald's burger? No. What, what the hell did you eat? I was a chicken nugget guy from way back, Trevor. Okay, I mean, there, and I've gotten I'm not I got no beef with the chicken nuggets. I got no pun intended. I've got nothing wrong with the chicken nuggets, but I mean, you still have. I I just can't. I can't believe you've never had a White Castle burger. I've, I've I can't. Or, or, you never had a Rally's burger. Never had a Rally's burger. Never never had. Never had a square patty. Now I've gotten chicken tenders from every restaurant you could imagine. <laughs> And now I eat. I, I like. I used to just not like them. I don't know. It's probably do you not like I, burgers I in general? No, I do. I love burgers now. Well, I love burgers. What was there and I know. I know. I'd like fast food burgers, but then again, Trevor, I'm 24 and I've never had a fast food burger. I think I need to keep that good feeling going. I, I don't know if that's a good feeling or just a sad feeling. I mean, never, I, I've never smoked a cigarette and I've never had a fast food burger. No, nah, I'm Which not. One? I'm not going to condone you to smoke a cigarette. That, that's I, I <laughs> you're, would, you're not. Yeah, that, that's that's the one thing. If the long list of vices I have in my life. It is a long list. I mean, it's one that like, would give Santa's list of uh, naughty or night, naughty or nice kids to shame. But that's the one I would never recommend someone try to. I would, I would. It, uh, there's a lot of vices I've come and gone with in my life and don't do anymore. And if you said I want to try it, I would say okay. I wouldn't, you know, maybe give it a shot. But smoking cigarettes is the one I would never, never recommend anybody else to ever start. That's the only one. That's saying a lot compared to a lot of the things I've done in my time. That is saying a lot coming from you. But the fact you've ne- when was the, how old were you when you paid your first burger? This is how fascinated I am by this because I, I almost I was, don't want to believe I, again, it. Again, I think I was a senior, junior in high school. Oh, that's ridiculous. I think. Where, where uh, was I your just, first burger from? I, I think at a tailgate. So it was a it was a homemade burger. Yes. Still, you have you ever ordered a burger at a restaurant? Oh yeah, I, I'll get them at restaurants now. Like, I just, what was the first I, restaurant burger you ever you ever had? Probably Outback, because my dad gets Outback like once a week. Yeah, I go to Outback probably twice a week. Yeah, <laughs> I go there a lot. I love me some Outback too. Me and your dad probably hang out and have a good time. My dad could have started an Outback franchise with how much money he spent at Outback over yeah. the years. <laughs> I'm the same way, and I, I, I either I either get steak or burger every time. I mean, it's always one of the two. I do love their burgers too. Uh, yeah. I I'd probably go there at least yeah at least twice a week, if not once a week. 
Uh, it's almost an almost an every Sunday thing too. It's kind of my way of spoiling myself on Sundays is getting outback steak. But I, I, I digress. I just I, I feel bad for you. We digress, by the way. No, no, no. You're 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 in this. You you don't you don't get to digress anything until you admit that you have a White Castle burger. I, I'm I'm gonna get you. When's the next time we've got a remote this week? I think. Do we not? I'm almost positive. It's Friday. Oh, sweet. You are. I'm bringing a. I'm bringing White Castle, and you're gonna eat one. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna. I'm not, I'm, I, I promise you, you'd be wasting your money. Well, first of all, it's like seventy five cents. It's not that big a waste of money. All right, and, and I've got a ton in my fridge right now. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll but no, 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 those are cold. No, and they got pit. No, 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 well, no, no. Let's and then and I can eat White Castles. So we did a when I was working at a restaurant back in the day on a slow Monday. Me and the two kitchen people thought it'd be fun to go out and buy three Crave cases and see who could eat the most of them in twenty five minutes. By the oh, way, I, I won. By the way, how many did you eat? Twenty four and a half in twenty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to know the worst part about that story? They What's were working that? in the kitchen. I was a server. <laughs> oh, no. I was oh. crop dusting the hell out of that place. Oh, geez. So much so that they sent me home. <laughs> I can almost, I can, oh, my God. So you got sent home for having too bad a gas? Yes. We were slow to begin with, though. It was a slow night. It was a Monday night. I was one of two people on the floor. It was very slow. But I felt my stomach felt so hurt after that. That sounds terrible. I've done only one food challenge in my life, and that was at a place in Indianapolis, and I had to eat a, I don't remember if it was a two- or three-pound burger, and I did it, and I will, I, I say I'll never do it again. I probably will, but. Well, I, uh, I tried to eat the Fat Teddy at uh, Chubby Ray's, which is, I mean, if you go on my Facebook, I think the picture's still on there. The burger was bigger than your head. I mean, it was well, like a 40 pounds. It's huge. Think about those eating challenges are, I and, every, you know, you and I, we both like good food. It takes it, – it ruins your entire day. It, oh, I mean, yeah. it, first off, it wears you out. Like, all your energy is used in trying to eat that much food. And then once it settles, your stomach's just like, what? No, no, this uh, is too much. Oh, that, we're we're, we're going to get this out of here. After, so, after both my White Castle and Fat Teddy Challenge, I, I mean, I, I literally – I think I was sweating out grease for like 24 hours. Yeah, it, it takes a lot out of you. Uh, like, my, my it, sheets the next morning felt like I liked, uh, like the taco wrapper. At like a at like a hole in the wall taco place, it was so nasty feeling. Oh jeez, that's pretty gross. <laughs> this, this whole conversation is pretty gross. I'm bringing though. I'm bringing. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do you a favor. I'm bringing you a White Castle burger. This is how much. Gonna this, eat it. Not gonna eat it. You're gonna eat the damn thing. Uh, I'm bringing you three burgers from three different places. I'll bring you a White Castle. I'll bring you a McDonald's and a wild card burger. And we're gonna put the wild card up to option for anybody on Twitter, Facebook, text me, text you, whatever. The third one is gonna be up to the people of the sports talker world. To decide what, and, and and I'm buying. So come on, people, don't like make me go out and get them like a Ruth Chris burger or something. It's got to be fast food, and it's got to be a burger. And I want to I want to know what's the third place is going to be. You don't decide. You have no choice in this other than the I, fact you're going to eat them. Again, don't I, don't even tweet in anything to Trevor because I will not be eating any of them. <laughs> That's so cute. You have a, you think you have a choice? I, I won't. That's be. so adorable. It's so well, it's so adorable. What are you gonna What are you gonna on the air? Open my mouth. I ate a brojito from Salsaritas <laughs> on the air. I'm not scared to eat stuff. I just don't want to eat a fast food burger. Oh, you're and especially, you know, maybe if like Green Bay won the Super Bowl and I was so happy, I would do that. But not just for a random Friday. You've got to say you've done it. You can't go your whole life and say you've never eaten a fast food burger. Right. I don't maybe say you have to eat them regularly, but you just have to. You don't have to eat the whole thing. Just eat like a couple bites of each one. Maybe, maybe uh, for a special occasion, and that will not be Friday. But uh, speaking of special occasions. 
and this is special for any UK fan, basketball season starting here pretty soon, Trevor. Yes. The blue-white scrimmage is tomorrow. They had a media opportunity today. And I can finally talk a little bit about that practice on Friday, uh, which when my show was going on, the practice was still going on. So they didn't want to uh, – you can't talk about a practice while it's going on. And they're pretty strict about that stuff. I, I mentioned all that on Friday. But now the practice isn't going on, Trevor, so I can kind of discuss what happened. And it was really fun to see. A few things I my, may or may not have mentioned. Uh, Alex Poitras did not practice when I saw Friday. They just were giving him the day off. Uh, they say at media day, John Calipari said he is 75%. I would guess that's a bit conservative and that he's a little healthier than that. Uh, but he has been practicing, he has been running, he's been jumping. But he, he the day, so Friday when I was there, he did not, which was a bummer. It would have been nice to no see No concern him. for that news, just maybe just not wanting to push him too much coming off an injury so close to the season. Is that what that was? Him not practicing isn't as concerning for me as when John Calipari said he was at 75%. Because uh, everything we had heard was, okay, yeah, maybe he's at 85, he's going to be 90, he's going to be ready for when the season starts. 75%, that's... That's, you know, yeah, that's not that's very, a fourth. That, that's a fourth of you unhealthy. Yeah, I agree. So, and then he's not, and you're not looking at him being his participation and the impact on this team is going to need to be is going to be needed. I think, especially on the front line. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you why. Because we don't uh, know if Labissier is going to be eligible or not yet. <laughs> you happy that's uh, over and done with? Uh, I'm just. I'm just. I thought you were just going to be happy that I actually said his name correctly. No, I don't care about that. But now I'm I'm happy when any time I talk UK basketball, I could be talking about anything. I could be talking about a 2018 recruit, <laughs> and Trevor would say, "Well, you know, you got to worry about Lebissier being eligible." <laughs> I don't care if it is official. Gotta, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> we could be talking about the 2005 Elite Eight game against Michigan State, and Trevor would say, "Well, you know, now you've got other things to worry about, like Lebissier's <laughs> eligibility." Uh, you know, as I, he, as I watched that shot roll around the rim from Patrick Sparks, I kept thinking to myself, I wonder if LeBissier <laughs> will be eligible in 10 years. Man, <laughs> 10 years and six months, Kentucky's going to have a, another thing to worry about. No, uh, I never thought it was a major issue to begin with. I would, And I'd said that on the air. Uh, John Calipari started to get a, a, kind of acting weird about it, but I think now we've learned why he was acting a little bit weird about it, probably because he just knew they were going to be okay and it was just a matter of time. He's probably just getting frustrated by people asking. Uh, but Labissier, according to Yahoo, is eligible. As soon as I saw that report and I was driving back from Lexington just after doing my radio show at Memorial Coliseum, I called the UKSID to ask if they could confirm. Uh, he kind of laughed about it and said, no, we can't confirm it. We can't deny it. You'll find out the first game of the season. If Labissier is out there, he's eligible. If he's not, then we'll release a statement. But you know, just wait and see. And I, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but to me, he kind of said, yeah, you should, you should maybe trust that report. He's going to be okay. Uh, so that was Yahoo that reported that he should be fine. I would take that report uh, as factual. The guy who broke it is a nice up and nice up and coming journalist. So uh, he'll be good to go and did get to watch Labissier practice. And he looked good. Uh, my biggest concern was unfortunately not answered with this Kentucky team. Do you have a do you have a guess of what that is, Trevor? What Jamal Jamal Murray couldn't walk on water? He attempted to turn water into wine and was unsuccessful. He actually did that. It was okay. impressive. Uh but just one of his that was just an average feat for him. I'm sure it was. Uh 
I'm trying to remember what your biggest concern. I'm sure you've mentioned it, and I probably blacked out during that during that segment. I was probably reading something else or watching TV, maybe. But uh, your biggest concern was it wasn't three point shooting because I thought you said you were more impressed nope, by that. Wasn't that yeah. three point? And if that was a concern, then that concern would have been answered just in that one practice. This is going to be one of the better three point shooting teams in the country. Yeah, I remember yeah. you telling me that. Uh, but then I would say si- depth size in terms of below post presence and scoring. No, but you know you got to start paying attention. Yeah, well, you know, you, what do you what is Jack distracting you with his no, hot takes? Honestly, I, I'm still can't. I'm still trying to think about how you've never had a fast food burger. That's okay. I, you can, Yates uh, is texting me about that, thinking he, he's calling BS on it. I think to a degree, and I, I kind of agree with him. I'm, it's not. It's not BS. <laughs> Why would I make that up? And I, I don't I, know. I hadn't even had a burger until but, high school, and certainly I've never had a fast food burger. I feel so bad for you. But but what was your biggest concern? Biggest concern was toughness mixed in with rebounding and just kind of defending or being able to score inside. Well, I just and said that. No, you didn't. I right before I said I was distracted by the burger thing, I said low post presence in terms of low in terms of scoring. Uh, and you told me to start paying attention more. You, Maybe you, you sure? should pay attention. You sure? Oh, I'm recording. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, I'm okay. sure. Okay. Maybe uh, someone else should pay attention. Okay. Well, it's not so much low. It's not so much interior scoring because Labissiere is going to be able to score where, where he gets the ball. But isn't but there a fear of him being more of a face-up guy than a back yes, to the basket guy? Okay. Yes, and, and that fear was not uh, answered in the one practice that I saw. I don't. It's so nice to have that Julia Locafor, to have that Carl Anthony Towns, where you need a basket. You know, you've got a guy that can put his butt on the block, be physical, and be able to score right at the rim. I don't know if Labissiere is going to be strong enough to be able to do that. Now, he's incredibly crafted and he's incredibly gifted where he's going to find other ways to score, whether it's fading away, facing up, doing a hook shot. I saw all those things, but I didn't see one play where he really muscled into the person guarding him, which was uh, Isaiah, I, Isaiah, I, yeah, I, Isaac Humphreys. I always want to say Isaiah Humphreys instead of Isaiah Briscoe. Isaac Humphreys, uh, and I, you know, Humphreys isn't going to be the – it's not like last year where the bigs had to go up against Willie Cauley-Stein or Dakari Johnson or Carl uh, Anthony Towns. The competition isn't nearly as good. And I just never saw him really lower his shoulder, push Humphreys around, and score on him, which was uh, which is kind of concerning. Another thing is just toughness and rebounding down there. They They went to a drill, Trevor, where they put a lid on the basket, and then they have a coach – shoot and they just have two guys basically gladiator rebounding drill where they have just two guys fight each other not fight each other literally but uh who gets the rebound who box out who who's stronger who pushes each other around and calipari really put an emphasis on this drill because he's trying to get guys tougher he's trying to get guys to be better rebounders he addressed that today that's going to be something to look out for in the in the blue white game and I, I i have to say not having alex poitras there for this practice I think he's going to help a lot of those concerns, Trevor, because he is big. He is physical. He's going to be able to get rebounds. He's going to be nasty on the block. And, hell, maybe he's going to be able to score on the block, put his back to the basket, and find different ways to score, depending on how he's progressed as a player. Uh, it's It's been almost a year since we've seen him last. So maybe he, he will certainly address the toughness concern. He'll address the rebounding concern. Maybe he'll address the low post scoring concern. Uh, but that was the biggest thing. Besides that, everything else was pretty damn good, Trevor. Uh, Jamal Murray looked great. Tyler Eulis looked great. I don't know if combined between them, if they missed more than 
two threes. They they seem so comfortable. They are able to hit from anywhere. Uh, a big Marcus Lee looked good. His jump shots actually improved a little bit. Uh, a big surprise though was Derek Willis, which you know it, it, he played. Matt, Matt Matt Pilgrim's a beast. Ramon Harris looks great. It, you know, there's a there's a list of off season heroes, and I don't want to put Derek Willis in that category yet. The way they have the teams broken up is basically how I think Calipari is going to start the year, uh, depending on Alex Poitras' help. But he went with the three guards of Euless, Murray, Briscoe, then had Lee at the four and Labissier at the five. Labissier at the five. Uh, maybe Poitras cracks into that starting lineup, but it's going to be those six. Now, the next five, Trevor, were uh, EJ Florial and Dominic Hawkins was hurt, so he wasn't practicing. Uh, you had Michael Mulder, the Canadian. You had Derek Willis at the three. Why don't you go Jamal Murray, the Canadian? I well, he's the Canadian as well, but the Canadian on the second team, as, the I, was, as I was referring to. Uh, and I, Humphreys at the five, and I'm forgetting a player at the four, or I'm forgetting another guard. Trevor, help me out. Did you? You said Willis, right? Derek Willis was. At, I think he was playing the four, so that means there'd be needed Charles Matthews. Ah, that. oh yeah, duh. Charles Matthews. Like, and that's the same guy you told us that was underrated for most of the summer going into the recruiting, and now here you are forgetting who he is to begin with. He is underrated, <laughs> and it was a mind slip, Trevor. If you if you had a nickel for every time you forgot something, I would not have to do this radio show or work for rivals. <laughs> well, I'll so. tell you a nickel right now because I don't remember forgetting anything. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, so that second team unit, they first off, it makes you appreciate last year just how deep the second team was because that second team unit that I saw on Friday isn't terrible. When you've got Charles Matthews, Michael Mulder, who could have went to a lot of different places coming out of JUCO, Charles Matthews could have almost went anywhere in the country to play college basketball. Uh, Isaac Humphreys could have went a lot of play. I mean, these are Derek Willis could have went to some major major programs. These are all guys that were recruited almost anywhere, and that second string looks just very weak compared to last season's second string, and that's okay. That doesn't mean this team will be worse. Doesn't mean it will be better. But that second team had a really tough time scoring against the first one, and I, they had a really I could see and, that. and they had a really tough time defending them. It, yeah. There's a, there's major talent gaps there. But anytime the second team did score, it was Derek Willis. Uh, he would create for himself. He was able to hit anywhere on the court. I mean, he looked like a true three. He looked like a college three that could put it on the floor and pull up and and find different ways to score. So uh, that will that will certainly be one thing to watch out for. John Calipari talked about Derek Willis today. I'm going to be curious to see him in the blue-white game. Uh, he's healthy after jamming his finger. Supposedly, the bo- you could see the yeah, I saw the picture. That was disturbing. It's just crazy and yeah. gross on a jam finger. How the hell does that happen? But uh, he's, he's healthy, and he looks really good. He's got a lot of tattoos now, too. So maybe it's, <laughs> tattoo- maybe it's the tattoos that helped him. Uh, but I'm excited. He's all tatted up. I'm excited for basketball season to start. Uh, Sporting News ranked the top ten point guards. Trevor, where do you think Tyler Ulis would fall in on that? Uh, of the top point guards in the country, top ten point guards in the country. Did he make top ten? He made top ten. You don't uh, think he should make top ten point guards in the country? I don't know. I mean, there's a, you're talking about a lot of point guards in the country. Uh, it, it, I mean, sure, there's some point guards it, off the top of my head that I can't think of that are pretty damn good that you just may not know because they're on bad teams. It's a it's a deep position, really deep position. Um, I would say, well, being the fact that I just was almost, no, I wouldn't say shocked, but surprised to a degree that he was automatically top ten. I'll say eight. Uh, number seven. So okay. you're close. And a lot of Kentucky fans got upset about it. I think that's fair. It's a guy that averaged five points and, you know, four yeah, assists. I mean, you're you're projecting. He's, he's on this list almost by projection, not by 
substance. I mean, uh, he also he also only played twenty minutes a game. No, I'm not saying yeah. I mean, he didn't have the opportunity to to produce like he probably could have. That's not his fault. But it's still still the fact is is he's being projected on this by by obviously just on mystery, let alone just yeah. what you've seen. Yeah, I would probably put him at maybe five heading into the season with expectations that he could be. Well, even if he finishes a year top five point guard in the country, that's unbelievable. If you'd or, asked me without even giving a list, if you said me where would you put Ulysses, I would have said top twenty. I wouldn't even have probably said top ten right off the bat. I, I disagree. I now I, 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 I would mean I wouldn't eventually he put it once I start working it out and looking at the point guards on the list that he doesn't move in the top ten, but off the top of my head, I, I would have said I would have just said top twenty off the top of my head. I uh and I like Tyler Ulysses. Any guess any guess who number one was? Uh Chris Dunn. He was number two, which I, you know, maybe he should have been number one. Marcus Page, number one. Eh, I'll take Chris Dunn. Yeah, I would. I prefer to. I, I mean, I just especially now because Page is. Well, I mean, I know Dunn's more of kind of a scoring point as well, but Page just doesn't. Yeah, I, I mean, Page is pure two guard to me. I, I, I mean, I barely even picture him as a point. He'll be a point. He'll have to play attempt to play point at the next level, but I mean, he's. And now he's a he's a he's a he's a Sean Respert two guard in college in a point guard body. I uh, I don't know. I, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I suppose. What was uh, his assist totals last year? Who I I don't know. Page. I don't have that off the top of my head. I don't ha- I don't have it off the top of my head. Uh, oh. Mellow Trimble, who a lot of people thought would be in the top three, I think he was outside the top three. Uh, but it, you know the the point guard position is loaded this season. Yeah. Just, I, I do agree with you, Tyler. Ulysses making the list is, I think, a, just a positive in itself and speaks how good he is. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more basketball. We got the blue white game tomorrow. NBA we'll starts more, tomorrow. NBA starts tomorrow. We got more football talk. Uh, now Kentucky gets a preview Tennessee game again. Breeders' Cup. Like I said, it's going to be a busy week. So hope you join us. Thanks for everybody for the texts and tweets into the show. Probably more today than we've had in quite some time. Uh, so hopefully you're able to do that. Get ready for that White Castle on Friday. We, no, nah, I'm not going to be eating that. We'll be back tomorrow, 1550 Sports Bus. Hey,